morning, church. So good to be with you. Well, as Major uh, mentioned, we are beginning a six-week new sermon series entitled The Parables of Jesus. And this morning, we're going to be looking at the parable of the Good Samaritan. So if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Luke chapter 10? And um, for the next five weeks, bring your Bibles to church. We're going to open it up and we're going to be looking at these stories. So it's going to be great. And if you don't have Bibles, uh, we have some that you can borrow right there in the back in the bookshelves. All right, Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 25. And the Word of God says this. It says, on one occasion, an expert, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus replies, what is written in the law? How do you read it or how do you understand it? And the man answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus replied, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But the man wanted to justify himself. And so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, listen to the parable that Jesus told. Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be coming along. And he saw the man, and he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, it says, he took pity on him. And he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii, or two days' worth of wages, and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you any extra expense you may have. Then Jesus asked this question, Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And listen carefully, listen to what Jesus says next. Jesus says, go and do likewise. Would you underline that in your Bibles? Those four words, go And do likewise. You see, any one of us in this room can go and do likewise, can be a good Samaritan, can be a hero, can be a stellar example of Christian love. But interestingly, the world looks for pretty people, brilliant people, successful people, But not in God's economy. In God's economy, God looks not at the outward, but at the inward. 
God looks at the heart. And so what kind of heart is God looking for? And that's the question that we're going to be exploring this morning. Firstly, I think that God is looking for a heart that is motivated internally. That is motivated internally. In verse 33, it says that the Samaritan saw this injured man on the side of the road and he took pity on him. He had mercy on him. He had compassion on him. God is looking for a heart that is motivated internally by a deep love for him and a deep love for others. Someone who has a heart after God's own heart, who is sensitive to the things of God, so that what's important to God is important to you. So what burdens God burdens you. So when God says, go and do likewise, you go and do likewise. And this idea of being motivated internally by a deep love for him and for others, it's no small thing. It's huge. It's critical. You see, you can actually do all kinds of good stuff. You can be all religious and all spiritual, but you can do it all without love. Listen to the Apostle Paul's warning in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 about being one of these people who does all kinds of good stuff, who's all religious and all spiritual without love. 1 Corinthians 13, beginning in verse 1, says this. It, it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become as a sounding brass, or a clanging symbol. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have the gift of faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And then the Apostle Paul says, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. And so I ask you this morning, are you motivated internally by a deep love for God and a deep love for others? Secondly, I think God is looking for a person that is positioned correctly, that is positioned correctly. Recently, I've been hearing a lot of teaching about positioning oneself to receive a blessing from the Lord. And I'm not against that. Make, most, make no mistake, I too want to be blessed. I too want to be at the right place at the right time to receive all the blessings that God has for me. But sometimes I think we can be too obsessed too preoccupied with this idea of positioning ourselves to receive a blessing from the Lord. And I think maybe our focus might need to change a little bit. And instead of positioning ourselves to receive a blessing, how about positioning ourselves to be a blessing? You see, this priest, he sees this injured man on the side of the road. And what does he do? 
He neglects to position himself to be a blessing. Instead, he passes by on the other side. So to a Levite, a religious worker, also sees that same injured man on the side of the road. And what does he do? He neglects to position himself to be a blessing. Instead, he passes by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he travels, he sees this same injured man on the side of the road. And what does he do? He doesn't pass by on the other side. He positions himself to be a blessing. Is Micaiah here? Micaiah is going to help me with this illustration. This is why I have my basketball hoop here. Micaiah, Micaiah, um, give, let's give him an encour- encouragement. All right, Micaiah, come on up. Micaiah is a Major Lum and Major Debbie's son, and he plays on the IPA basketball team. And you're a point guard? Awesome. And he's a very good point guard. He's also a very accurate shooter, and um, he's amazing. But P- Micaiah, as a point guard, knows that positioning is everything. And so as a point guard, during a game, he always scans the court to make sure that his players are positioned correctly. You see, it does no good if a player is standing under the hoop. This player is not positioned correctly. And Micaiah is not going to pass the ball to this guy that's just standing under the hoop like this. Or if a guy is out of bounds behind the basket, that does the team no good. This guy is not positioned correctly. In in basketball, being positioned correctly means means a win or a lose. You ready to run a play? All right. Go ahead and dribble and do your thing. I'm going to put on my gear, and um, I'm going to need a... I'm going to need a a volunteer to play defense. Any volunteer? Oh. uh, (laughs) I think I can take Kyla. Kyla, why don't you come on up? (laughs) Kyla, you ready? You don't want this. Come on. All right, Kyla, give her a hand. Okay. All right, you know how to play defense? Okay, right here. You just stay. doesn't matter. Just stay right here. Do what you, do, just put your hands up, all right? If I'm positioned correctly, my point guard, he's going to pa- pass the ball to me if I'm positioned correctly. Ball, ball, ball. Oh, yeah. Whew, thank you so much. <laughs> That's how I roll. <laughs> but in basketball, positioning is everything. So the question I have for you this morning is, are you positioned correctly to be a blessing? And thirdly, I think that God is looking for a heart that gives generously, that gives generously. In verse 34, we see that the Samaritan sees this injured man on the side of the road, and what does he do? He goes to him, and he bandages his wounds. He pours on some hydrogen peroxide, if you will, to to make sure that the wound is clean. And then what does he do? He puts the man on his own Harley Davidson, 
And he takes him to the Hilton Hawaiian village and he checks him into a room and he takes care of this guy all night. And the next day, what does the Bible says? He goes to the ATM and he withdraws two days worth of wages, gives them to the innkeeper and says, hey, can you take care of this guy? And if there's any extra expenses, just put it on my American Express, right? Isn't that like amazing? When we think of giving generously, we automatically think of money. But as you can see, that's not always the case. Yes, this good Samaritan gave generously of his money, but he also gave generously of his time, of his mercy, of his compassion, and of his care, and of his concern, and of his love for this injured man. He gave generously. And so I ask you this morning, are you giving generously? Giving generously of your time and talent and treasure. Giving generously of mercy and love and compassion and care and concern for others. Back in 2004, I met this uh, really wonderful family, the Tran family. And I remember, I remember being motivated internally by the Holy Spirit to love on this family. I remember positioning myself to be a blessing to this family. I remember giving generously of my time and my care and my concern to this family. Tu Tran was 30 years old when I met him in 2004. He and his family walked into church. His wife's name is Casey. They have a beautiful three-year-old daughter. Her name is Kaylin. Beautiful family that just loves God so much. Well, two was diagnosed with a, a dreadful disease called multiple myeloma. He went through a lot, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering. He had received, received various treatments for this disease, including bone marrow transplant, but nothing seemed to work. And he, was a, he, he and his family were attending church for a couple of months. And then he gets hospitalized yet again. But this time, it was different. This time, the doctor's prognosis was bleak. This time, the doctor said, you don't have much longer to live. Maybe a few weeks to a couple of months at the very most. And my wife and I, we, we felt motivated internally by the Holy Spirit to love on this family in Jesus' name. And so I would visit the hospital often, several times a week, and I just gave generously of my time. Most times, the entire family was at the, in the hospital room, two and his wife, Casey, and their three-year-old daughter, Kaylin. So I just hung out and listened as they reminisced about good times. I laughed as they told silly stories. There's this one particular story that I remember. There was this one day that Tu was really ono, 
for icy, a cup of icy. He was really craving for a cup of icy. But he's, he's on a strict diet, no outside food. But he kept nagging his wife, can you get me a cup of icy? Get me a cup of icy. And the good wife that she is, she goes out and she, and she purchases a cup of icy. And she smuggles it into the hospital room. And then as soon as Tu gets his hands on that cup of ice, he just, he just chugs that thing down. And then he destroys the evidence. <laughs> and then the nurse comes in about a couple hours later. And, and there's a look of concern on her face. And she looks at, at, uh, at Tu's urine bag. And, and his urine bag looks like there's blood and she is freaking out. And so Tu is worried. And then Tu says, um, I need to confess something, miss. Um, that might just be some strawberry icy that I just had. <laughs> uh, what an amazing, funny story. He's just a kolohe that way. Um, sometimes it would just be Tu and I. We would just um, be alone together. And, and we would pray We'd share stories. Uh, we'd talk about God. I remember this one time. Uh, he turned to me with tears streaming down his face. And he said, Pastor Thomas, I don't want to die yet. This is so unfair. I want to watch my daughter grow up. I want to watch my daughter graduate I want to watch my daughter get married. I don't want to die yet. This is so unfair. And I did the only thing I knew to do. I held his hand and we just wept together. Two passed away a few weeks later. And I remember being in the hospital room with the family moments after two passed away. And I remember the th their three-year-old daughter turning to her mom. And listen to what she says. She says to her mom, Mommy, Daddy is with Jesus, yeah? And a couple weeks later, I remember doing the funeral service for this family. And even after the funeral service, I remember being motivated internally by the Holy Spirit to continue to love on this family in Jesus' name. So my wife and I, we continue to position ourselves to be a blessing to Casey and to their three-year-old three daughter, Kaylin. We would check up on them often. And we just love on them in Jesus' name. Well, a couple of months pass, and, and Casey and and her family, they decide um, they're going to move to the mainland to be closer to family. And so we do our best to keep in touch. But you know how that goes, right? And then six years later, she gives me a call. And she says, hey, Pastor Thomas, how are you? And we just have, we make small talk. And then she says, Pastor Thomas, I just wanted to thank you and your wife for loving on us for being there for us, for showing your compassion and your care and concern during the most difficult 
time in our lives. And then she says, Pastor Thomas, I didn't think I'd ever be able to say this, but guess what? I'm like, what? And she says, "Uh, I found someone. And we want to get married. And we would be honored if you would marry us. It was the most amazing day of my life to, to be able to marry them in Jesus' name. Are you loving your neighbor as yourself? Are you doing well loving others? Are you motivated internally by this deep love for God and for others? Are you positioned correctly to be a blessing to others? Are you giving generously of your time your talent, your treasure, your mercy, your love, your compassion, and your care. We can all be good Samaritans. We can all do as Jesus said, go and do likewise. Perhaps God is stirring within you uh, to to go and do something in Jesus' name. But come Monday morning, we all know that life happens. And sometimes, good intentions don't translate into action. And so I want to help by holding you accountable. So this morning, I'm going to ask everyone to bring out your cell phones. I'm going to give you permission to, to use your cell phones in church. Isn't that cool? Yeah, so bring out your cell phones, seriously. Bring out your cell phones. If you forgot them, uh, not to worry. In your bulletin is a communication card. Use your communication card. That's how you can um, communicate with me. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to provide a few suggestions on how we can be, as a church, we can be a good Samaritan this month. And then if the Lord highlights any of these onto your heart as something that you should be doing, then I want you to text me and let me know. And here's a sample of some, of, um, of some text. Um, of my cell phone number is 265-9482. And, and a sample is, give me your name, your first and last name. So, for example, this is Becky Luke. You can count on me to donate supplies for the welcome basket. And I'll tell you what that's all about. This is Rick Ahn. I'm interested in the Hana Pepe Core project. And I'll tell you what that's all about. And, of course, that's just Bram goofing off. Uh, the third one is just Bram. He just adores me. He just thinks that I totally rock. And so that's just Bram. Anyway, um, so the first thing, the first suggestion is this. Across the street, we have a brand new community. 120 families that just move in, moved in. Wouldn't it be cool if we, the church, the body of Christ, welcomed them and blessed them in Jesus' name? Wouldn't that be cool? Here's the plan. We want to bless these 120 families with some welcome baskets. And the welcome baskets look something like this. Hunt, can you just hold that welcome basket up so everybody can see it? The finished product will look something like this. There's a bag of rice in there. There's a can of Spam and some goodies, um, gummy bears, arare, that kind of stuff. Thanks, hon. Appreciate it. 
But what we're going to do is we're going to ask the church to get involved by donating the supplies for that basket. And so in the, um, at, in the, on the info table, as you exit this uh, morning, is a sample of a basket. And so I'd encourage you to bring out your cell phone and take a picture of those items so that, that way you know what to buy. And then during the week, go ahead and go to the store and purchase some of these items. And then we're going to be collecting your donations for the next two Sundays. So next week Sunday, when you come to church, just, be, just as you arrive, just drop off your donation right outside on the, at the info table. And then on August 18, everybody jot that date down. On August 18, right after the 10 o'clock service. So about 11.15, 11.30, we're all going to get together. And we're going to assemble these baskets and then after we assemble these baskets, we're all going to go walk down over to the com- new community, and we're going to deliver these baskets in Jesus' name. Wouldn't that be cool? And so if that's something that you'd be uh, willing to do, go ahead and give me your name, first and last name, and, your, uh, and say, welcome baskets. There's also a flyer in your bulletin. You can use that as well. Um, all the details are in there. But text me, and I'll try my very best to remind you this week, okay? Second thing, the Hana Pepe Corps. Um, the Salvation Army has, this, uh, has a church, uh, a, a little church um, out in Hana Pepe, Kauai. Um, and it's a kind of, the, the church building is kind of old. Um, it probably needs a little tender love and care, some TLC. It could use some repair and maintenance. It probably could use a new coat of paint. It probably could use some landscaping. It could use uh, a good scrubbing and a good cleaning. It probably could use some carpentry work. Would any one of you be willing to give generously of your time? Maybe a weekend. Maybe leave on a, a Friday morning and come back on a Sunday. And just be positioned correctly to be a blessing to this uh, church in Hanapepe. Otherwise, it'll be just the majors and I that will be going. (laughs) And you don't want the majors and I to be going. I mean, I don't even know how to hammer a nail in the wall. Major, do you know how to use a hammer? Oh, see, I didn't think you knew how to use a hammer. We would probably do more damage than good to the building. But maybe there's some of you here that God has given you skillfulness of hands. And maybe God would like you to go and and participate in this short-term mission project to make a difference in this this community, in Hanapepe, Kauai. But maybe you can't go, but you want to still participate in this this short-term mission trip. How about donating some money for some supplies or donating money so someone who wants to go but can't afford the airfare because of finances... Maybe you can help that person go. Wouldn't that be cool? So that's the Hanapepe Church Project. So if that's something that interests you, go ahead and give me your name and, your, um, and say Hanapepe Church. And I have no more details than that because it could be sometime in August, September. It all depends on who's going to uh, let me know that they're interested. Yeah. And then there's one more thing that I uh, want to suggest. Uh, we have a brochure outside. It's called Community Care Ministries. And I'll just quickly read uh, a, a, a paragraph in this brochure. It says, Community Care Ministries includes the visitation of those who are in nursing homes, 
hospitals, veterans, medical centers, and those in prison. We continue to reach those who are lonely and in need of a word of comfort from individuals who care. Do you have the gift of mercy? Maybe this Good Samaritan ministry would be a perfect fit for you. Text me if that's something that you're interested in. And so far, everything that I've mentioned is church-led and church-driven. But it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, it's probably better if it's not church-led and church-driven. And so I commission and I bless you to go out and find a need in our community and go and do something about it. Perhaps, perhaps there's a family in your neighborhood that, that is struggling financially. But, it, but it, you don't want to shame them by bringing bags of groceries and showing up on their doorstep, right? But maybe you can invite them to your house for dinner. Tell them, don't bring anything. We just want to invite you and have a good time. And they maybe even cook some extra food so you can give them leftovers that will last them the week. And then maybe play a fun board game. Maybe that's something that you do every Sunday or every other Sunday or every once a month. Maybe that's something for you to be a good Samaritan. You see, any one of us can be a good Samaritan that is motivated internally, that is positioned correctly, that gives generously. Let's go and do likewise. Amen. Let's pray.